Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Pure Finesse podcast here with the head honchos who happen to own the Pure Finesse Sports podcast family. Week 17 is done now in the NFL and the playoffs are set Saturday and Sunday. As you can see, both faces are cleanly shaved after the one week of terror is over. Thanks to the Steelers clinching the AFC North and Malcolm. Remember when you said that whoever picked the Browns on Sunday should be uh, checked for their health? <laughs> it, was, it was a close one, 24 to 2. What was the spread? 10? 10 points. And it was 24, 24 to 2 against a sorry-ass Steelers team when you had all your starters playing. Um, I, I kind of feel bad for you guys. I think you guys are in for a tough one. I believe uh, a win is a win, correct? A win is a win, but Steelers are playing just to try to knock you off. Had nothing to lose or win from that game. Uh, it was a do or die for Cleveland because if they lost, they would not be in the playoffs. So, or would they still be in the playoffs? No, they would have been out of the playoffs because Indianapolis won, yeah, so did Tennessee. But we just said the Indianapolis so, yeah. Colts, and they happen to be the first game of they're making this called the Super Wild Card. Ooh, la la, very fancy. <laughs> so they are the first game on the schedule, one o'clock on Saturday afternoon against the Buffalo Bills, who are your AFC East division champions and Buffalo gets to host the playoff game for the first time in over 20 years. Uh, and there'll yeah. be fans there for the first time this season. Bill's mafia can finally go in and see probably the best bills team since their nineties teams that made four straight super bowls. So yeah. there'll be a social yeah. distancing table party flowing through tables, flaming tables, the ketchup guy getting doused and mustard and ketchup all socially distanced in Western New York. I can't wait. I hope the my dream AFC championship game will be the Buffalo Bills and the Cleveland Browns. That would be it for me. <laughs> that, that's kind of a long shot, you saying there, just because the Browns are in that conversation, but we'll stick to this game. Um, a few records by the Bills. We'll start with the Bills here. A few records they broke this year. Um, this team has now set the team record for most points scored in the Bills franchise. So it's the best scoring franchise for the Bills of all time. Um, this is going to be also the first playoff matchup before, between the Colts and Bills. So um, you haven't, you've never seen this in the playoffs before. It's something that's new. 2021, a bunch of new things going to happen this year. Uh, also, the rookie, Tyler Bass, their kicker, set this Bills single-season record high for most points scored in the season uh, with 141. So I think a lot, not just it's not just the quarterbacks, receivers, and running backs getting the job done. It's their kickers, too, and uh, their defense, too. We'll get into that as well. So everyone's talking about Josh Allen as an MVP candidate and yeah. him and his morning mate, Stefan Diggs really took over the uh, AFC by storm. Yeah. Stefan Diggs, Josh Allen should be, I would say questioning for all pros this year in the NFL, at least in the AFC, because Josh Allen has had nothing sort of an unbelievable season, 37 touchdowns, 10 picks to go with four and 21 rushing yards and eight rushing touchdowns. Um, He's been unbelievable for Buffalo. He's the heartbeat. He should be getting MVP MVP votes. Him yeah. and Aaron Rodgers should be one and two in MVP voting, just from my personal vantage point. And Stephon Diggs, after that trade from Minnesota, everyone kind of thought if he was the guy, uh, he proved those doubters wrong, that is for sure. Over 1,500 receiving yards with eight touchdowns and it broke the Buffalo Bills single-season record of 127 receptions. So 
Stephon Diggs, Josh Allen are definitely going to be the two focal points if Buffalo wants to be successful this week. Yeah, Josh Allen, uh, also, he's setting that record for most passing yards in Bill's franchise history for a quarterback as well. So he, like you said, I think he should be an MVP candidate talks for sure. There's a few names that are up there. But like you said, Aaron Rodgers, Josh Allen, like they're oh, Aaron Rodgers, number one, for sure. Josh Allen, top three for MVP candidate. No doubt about it. Stefan Diggs is just his go-to guy. Um, I'm still shocked that he got dealt from the Minnesota Vikings over to Buffalo because he was just a, he's just a really good player. And that's going to be a position that Minnesota is going to have a tough time filling up, but it looks like Jefferson may take that position. Um, but a few other players that are going to be having some key roles in this game for Buffalo, I think is Cole Beasley, their star slot receiver had 967 reception yards and four touchdowns this year on 82 receptions. And Stefan Diggs had 127 of those receptions. So, when it's not going to Diggs, it's most likely going to Cole Beasley, Beasley if Allen's throwing the ball. But on the defensive side, this is one guy where I think for the Bills can do almost everything is Jordan Poyer, uh, their safety. He has 85 solo tackles alone, uh, two sacks, two interceptions, and two forced fumbles. So on that defensive end of the ball, he can do almost anything. So if he can, if he can do that to the Colts offense, then I think it's going to be a good game for Buffalo. Yeah, we came into this season thinking that Buffalo was going to be more rushing than passing, and boy, were we wrong with that one because Josh yeah, Allen has gosh. just been taking that one by storm, and Devin Singletary and Zach Moss, the one-two combo in Buffalo, have been really underperformed for Buffalo this yeah. year, and you know what? I think that kind of favors them in this game because of how stout Indianapolis's defense is, especially with their offseason acquisition, their uh, defensive tackle, DeForest Buckner, so... Like you yeah. said, Jordan Poyer on the secondary side of things. You also have Micah Hyde and Trey White, who are two unbelievable cornerbacks. But yep. I kind of I don't really see a whole lot of stars on the front seven side of the ball because the pass rush yeah. really I think has been the down or the down point in Buffalo's D because they can't they really haven't had much pressure on the quarterback. And Phillip Rivers, you know, he's been here before. He's hasn't been to a Super Bowl, but he knows how to win. Uh seasoned vet. And, you know, Indy's offensive line is one of the best in the league. You have Quentin Nelson up front, who's going to be an all-pro again this year. And Jonathan Taylor ran for 163 rushing yards last week. So they're going to be in good form. So that front seven in Buffalo is going to have, to have to have their hands full. Yeah, they definitely will. Like you said, Jonathan Taylor, he's just out here on a tear for Indianapolis this year. Uh, has over 1,000 yards rushing, 1,170 uh, 11 rushing touchdowns, and then also he can catch the ball when he needs to, having 300 reception yards with a touchdown to go along with it. He also has the franchise record where he set 253 yards in a game uh, this season. So he's going to be one of the key things that, like you said, Buffalo, they're ranked 17th in the league in rushing yards allowed per game with 119. So I think if they really want a chance at really um, having a solidified win, they need to stop Jonathan Taylor because he is – the heart and soul, I believe, of this Indianapolis offense. Yeah, we you know, we came into this year saying that Jonathan Taylor was probably the best NFL-ready running back coming out of April's draft. And, you know, he's yeah. proven us right because he is uh, definitely a focal point in this offense. Rather, like, he didn't start off that way because, you know, Marlon Mack was mm -hmm. supposed to be the guy tore his Achilles the first week. Not the way you want to get your position, but Jonathan Taylor's definitely ran with it, no pun intended. Uh, so him, Philip Rivers, T.Y. Hilton, man, he's been definitely an off year for him. So hopefully, yeah. I don't know if he can kind of rekindle it for this upcoming game on Saturday. 
but if they're going to win this game, it's going to be with their defense, you know, like Darius yeah. Leonard, Kenny Moore, uh, Malik Hooker, hopefully, you know, we lost him to an Achilles injury, but Xavier Rhodes rekindled his career back in Indianapolis. You know, he's had unbelievable years in Minnesota, but a definite off one last year. So he's kind of figured things out again in Indy. So two really, really good cornerbacks and Kenny Moore and Xavier Rhodes going to lock up or try to lock up Stefan Diggs and Cole <laughs> Beasley. So that just some big matchups. You got to watch. Like we've said, Josh Allen is going to have to go up against a stout Indianapolis defense. And yeah, Phillip Rivers has got to try to figure things out against like Buffalo secondary. He's got really good things too. So I think it's going to be more Jonathan Taylor than we want to see for this game. I think so. And um, when you're talking about uh, the Buffalo Bills trying to, like they, you said, we thought they're going to be a rushing offense this year, and we were wrong. They're a heavy pass offense. If they do want to rush the ball, it's not going to be easy against the Indianapolis defense because they're second in the league for rushing yards allowed, uh, under 100 with 90.5 allowed per game. So there's only one other team better that's stopping the run than Indianapolis this year. Um, and, and like so like what I think is Josh Allen's going to have to throw the ball and make some like good decisions. Don't make any uh, rash decisions. Cause I know you're in the playoffs and uh, you want to, you want to win the game, but you can't be making big mistakes in these type of games. I think he's going to have to learn that quickly. Um, and then, like you said, Phillip Rivers against this Buffalo secondary uh, uh, with Tredavious White back there and Kai Hyde, they've been, I, I've been saying this for like three years that Tredavious White or two years, whenever he got drafted, was it two or three years ago? <laughs> 2017. Uh, I 2017 so I've been saying like he's an underrated he's been good like since he's been drafted he's been one of those guys that's been under the radar kind of now breaking out into that superstar uh kind of position so I don't know how easy it will be for Philip Rivers to throw the ball if they can't get the rush game going so if we get to predictions now if uh is this going to be yeah. Philip Rivers's last game in the NFL I don't think so. I don't think he's done. I know we hear a bunch of other QBs kind of hinting at maybe retiring, but I don't think Philip Rivers is done after this year if he loses. So I was going to. So you're telling me the Colts are beating the Bills? Well, no, I'm just saying. Let's say he uh-huh. loses. I'm not. I don't think it's going to be his last season. I think last he's season. done. I think, be, I think this is it. This is it for Philip Rivers. You think he'll be done after a lot season? of rumors swirling that Carson Wentz is going to be on his way to Indianapolis for next year, with uh, him actually, being disgruntled in Philly. Yeah. The GM saying, actually, with all this disgruntled media around Carson Wentz, he doesn't want to move. Or I think it was the owner. He doesn't want to move on from Carson Wentz right now. He wants to keep him on the team. So unless Carson Wentz really comes out and says, hey, I want to trade, I don't think he's going to be going anywhere. Okay. But, you know, <laughs> Philip Rivers, it's definitely the time is ticking on him. Like We just heard that Drew Brees is hinting at retirement if he doesn't make it all yeah. the way for this year. So who wins this one? Is it going to be the Bills or is it going to be the Colts? Uh, I think the Bills will prevail because their offense, it, I know the Colts defense is good, but I think the Bills offense is better. So I, I'm going with the Bills this one. Yeah, what I think you? so as well, because we talked about for a long time, how we thought Miami's defense was really uh, like, you know, overrated, you know, kind of like a couple of weeks for them overperformed. Mm-hmm. They had, they weren't. And then the Bills just put up 56 on them. Right. And Josh Allen <laughs> played one half. Exactly. Oh, so if they can do that to a really good defense in Miami, just I think it's going to be tough for Indy to try to score anything else on or try to outscore Buffalo. Yeah. 440. The next yeah. game is the NFC West. Both two teams making it from there. The Seattle Seahawks and the Los Angeles Rams. Seattle gets to host this game at 440. They both, since they're division rivals, they both played each other twice. And it's been the series was split 1-1, 23-16 for the Rams in week 10. 
And just two weeks ago, or I guess two weeks ago when this comes out, the Seattle Seahawks winning 20 to nine. But in that game, we did see Jared Goff hurt his thumb, missed yeah. week 17. Do you think he's going to be a hundred percent to go for the playoffs on Saturday? I, th- I think he'll be ready to go. I don't think they want to go into this wild card with a backup quarterback. Um, this is a little funny, funny thing here. My dad, so he's a Seattle fan and he's only been a Seattle fan since like Russ came into the league. But before that, do you know what team his favorite team was? The St. Louis Rams, I guess. The St. Louis Rams. It was the St. Louis Rams. So this is one game I think he's going to love to watch, but right now, obviously he's going for Seattle. Um, I think it's good. I think it's going to be really close because every time these guys play, I I really think I have like a set person who's going to win. Like when I predicted it, when we did our game picks, I think I picked LA one week and Seattle one week uh, in the other week. And I still, like, I didn't know for sure who was going to win. It's going to be a good game. I, in my opinion. Yeah. As I both, all I was going to say division games, you really don't know which way it's going to swing. And yeah. it's just even better. That's in the playoffs. Right. So it's very rare. Well, it is rare that you get to play the team three times in the year. So you, everyone's going to know what they're doing and tendencies and which what or not. So Russell Wilson, he's coming in, had an absolute unbelievable start to the season for him. You know, everyone was talking like, Oh my God, how has this guy not got an MVP boat ever? <laughs> So he was, I would say, the front runner to be the MVP in the first half of the season. And it kind of came back to earth for the second half of the season. And they have two 1,000-yard receivers in DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, both over 1,000 reception yards, and both splitting with 10 touchdowns. So, you know, Seattle is like one of those teams before this season that was kind of known as a rushing team, you know, want to run the ball first. But with I would, with injuries to Chris Carson, um, DJ Dallas was one of them, uh, Carlos Hyde. Very like it was they were flipping the ball in between three players the whole season, so it was kind of hard to establish a run game for the whole year. Mm-hmm. So, you know, let Russ cook, and then he did definitely 40 touchdowns, but 13 picks. So, ball hawks like Jalen Ramsey in the LA secondary, who do you think prevails with the throwing? If it's going to be throwing the ball, it's going to be winning the game for Seattle. Yeah, I, I think if I think if Seattle wants to win, they got to get the ball to DK Metcalf. Um, he's that guy. He like he's had less receptions, 17 less receptions than Tyler Lockett, and he has over he has like 300 yards more than him. So he's that deep threat because he's a big guy. He can get up there and he's fast, so he can get down the field fast. They both have the same amount of touchdowns with 10 touchdowns. 10 touchdowns. Um, I think Jalen Ramsey, like you said, remember in that game where they just completely locked down DK Metcalf. I think DK, if he is still locked up, locked up against Jalen Ramsey, I think they have to find a way to throw to him still. Because it's going to be tough to beat the LA Rams if you don't get the ball to your playmakers. Right. Uh, but the defense in Seattle was, again, a talking point for the first half of the season. They couldn't stop a nosebleed. But I think the trade to Car- from, to the trade that they received Carlos Dunlap from Cincinnati really, yeah. really helped their team defensively. Kind of helped flip the script on it. Jamal, I think it speaks a whole lot of volume on Jamal Adams' game. If you're leading, the lead, or leading their team, his team, in sacks with nine and a half, and he's a safety. Exactly. Unbelievable what he's been doing for Seattle. And he was really, really pumped to make the playoffs because, you know, with being the New York Jets, with them being with the New York Jets, you don't see a whole lot of playoff time, let alone try to make the playoffs or in the playoff hunt with the Jets. So they've been playing much better football in the last couple of weeks, and they're going to have their hands full. I know Malcolm doesn't really think too highly of the Rams offense, but Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, Really, two really, really good receivers, but yeah. Gary Goff is throwing the ball. But he's, he's actually got the same amount of INTs as Russell Wilson and only about a 2% completion percentage dis, 
dis- differential. So, but you know, you know how many touchdowns he has? He has that is where yeah, I was going to say that's where they differentiate. <laughs> yeah, uh, Russell Wilson's got double the amount of touchdowns that Jared Goff has, and yeah. I definitely don't think he's going to be. Maybe he will because he missed didn't play Week 17, but I don't think he's going to be at 100 come Saturday. Yeah, and Jared Goff is going to have to find a way. This defense in Seattle, like you said, it's the 31st ranked um, for le- allowing passing yards per game. They allow 285 per game. Uh, Jared Goff wants to win. He, we know he can throw the ball. He's been to the Super Bowl. He's made it at fire that season. We made it to the Super Bowl. That was a phenomenal season. Um, I think he's just took a dip since then, and he needs to get back on track. But with this defense, um, this defense is just like, you know, I hate the, I don't like how inconsistent this offense is, but you can't go wrong and say this defense is bad because they lead, they lead the league in three aspects, which are total yards allowed per game, total pass yards allowed per game, and total points allowed per game. So they're a very good defense. They're also third in rushing, out, rushing yards allowed per game and in, and the third down percentage allowed. So they're, they're top five, top three in many different aspects. I think if they win, that's when it could, it's going to come down to their defense and two big guys like you named already, Jalen Ramsey, and then, of course, Mr. 99 himself, Aaron Donald. Yeah, I think with this matchup, indeed, I think defense is going to win yeah. because I think there's definitely a way, and it's already been proven, that Jalen Ramsey can shut down DK Metcalf. As you want to look at the tape, I think it was two receptions for 34 yards that DK had all of week when they won in week 10. So. Yeah. It, it can be done. Um, so with predicting this one, I'm going with the wild card team in Los Angeles to win over Seattle, because if they can lock down DK, if they lock in, if they can lock down Lockett and keep Russell Wilson in the pocket, I think it's going to be real tough for Seattle to score points and stop Jared Goff, Robert Woods, Cooper cup from scoring. I'm going to go with Seattle stick with my dad's favorite team here. Um, I think they're going to find a way to get the ball in the end. zone a lot this game and hopefully I, I just don't think Jared Goff is consistent enough to make it past this wildcard round. So I'm going to go with Seattle. But we said it with Buffalo that there's going to be fans in Buffalo. Yeah. Seattle is going to be missing the fans this game because, you know, it's definitely, if not the most hardest place to play in the NFL is in Seattle up in Washington. Uh, and without the 12th man there, definitely in a playoff setting. Yeah. It's going to look real different for the Seattle and the birds to try to, because, you know, they got to make your own energy. And especially now in the playoffs, it's going to be more needed more than ever. Yeah. So we got the last game on the Saturday slate at 8-15. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who are the first wildcard team in the NFC, will be going up against the NFC East champion who are at 7-9, and the Washington football team. This brings back memories of Seattle making it 7-9. They won their wildcard. And they won. They won. They won, so anything's possible. Anything's possible. Yeah, well, let's <laughs> hear about that. Second best passing offense against the second best passing defense in the NFL to go at it. Um, anywhere you look on this Tampa Bay offense, just is scary. Exactly. Tom Brady, Mike Evans. You know, we saw him come up a little gimpy in Week 17, so all eyes are going to be on him to see what his schedule is like. He's, he's probable to return for Thursday, Bruce Arians said. So yes. no structural damage to when he hyperextended his knee, so that's Thank all goodness. good news to hear. Uh, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown, Rob Gronkowski, Ronald Jones. Like you can keep LaShawn McCoy. Leonard Fournette. (laughs) Everywhere you look is just danger if you're Washington. But you know what? Washington's got some really good playmakers on the other side of the ball. Chase Young, Montez Sweat, Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen. So that front four is going to have to be really, really good if they have to have any chance, any chance 
of keeping Brady and the Bucks off the scoreboard. So who are you looking at here to be game changers if you're Washington or Tampa Bay? If Okay, so if I'm Tampa Bay, I think a big game changer, let's say Mike Evans isn't able to play this week, okay? Let's say he's not going to be able to play because there's always that possibility. I think Antonio Brown is going to be a big factor for this Bucks offense because Tom Brady and Antonio Brown have that connection. You saw it last week. Um, they went they went off. Also, Chris Godwin went off too, but they have that connection. So I think he's going to be a game changer if Evans is out. If not, Evans and Godwin will do their thing. But on the defensive end, I like Jason Pierre-Paul. And, oh, and that's because of his stats this season. 34 tackles, nine and a half sacks, two interceptions, two forced fumbles, and he picked up two of those forced fumbles for a recovery. Uh, I think just even on this defense alone, they also will have Shaq Barrett, but he has COVID. Uh, he got tested positive for COVID. They have a lot of big names on this defense, but I think Jason Pierre-Paul is that defensive end who's going to make a difference on the defensive end for right, this team. Yeah, because we can we can keep naming off guys off the team, right? You got exactly. Levante, David, uh, Devin White. Yeah. Um, Antoine Whitfield had a really good rookie season New for Winfield, his standards. Yes. And Carlton Davis, you know, what? their top cornerback has played very well. So he's going to be locked up on Terry McLaurin the whole day. Yeah. Uh, but I don't, Alex Smith doesn't, I don't, doesn't really, I, from what I've seen with Alex Smith, isn't that is not his go-to target in Terry McLaurin. It's these two running backs. It's the, unbelievable it, football in yeah. J.D. McKissick and McKissick. Antonio Gibson. So those two are going to play big game, big roles for the football team for this week coming up. And Alex Smith, I mean, it's a hell of a story how mm-hmm. he's going to be able to make the, his first postseason start in a very long time. And he wasn't supposed to be playing this year, I think, from our vantage points. And I'm sure anybody who was a Washington fan, if you were to told somebody that Alex Smith is going to be leading you into a playoff game, a home playoff game, yeah. I mean, like seriously, no, no one would be unbelievable, unbelievable. So I'm rooting for the football team, but it's going to be very tough to play any close game with Tom, Tam, Tom Brady in Tampa Tom Bay. Brady. Holy crap. That was a tongue twister. That's but you know what? The Florida boys, I don't know if they want to be going down to Maryland to play Washington. So it's gonna it's not gonna be hot sunshine and sun in Washington like it would have been in Tampa Bay. So maybe you know the weather plays into a factor. So but Washington's deep top two in total yards allowed per game and passing yards allowed per game. And that seems yeah. to be Tampa Bay's bread and butter is throwing the ball unless Ronald Jones just snaps to have another huge day. Cause I it's all gonna be depending on the front four in Washington. Yeah, I think if Washington wants a big chance to win this game, I think, like you've already mentioned him, his big their go-to guy is J.D. McKissick. He's the guy that can run the ball and catch the ball. Uh, we know Gibson can run the ball. We've seen like huge flashes of excellence from Antonio Gibson this year, but McKissick's just able to do both. And when you get him going, he's almost – he's really fast too. Like he's a good little running back, um, good pass catcher, good blocker. I think he's going to be a big factor if Washington wants to pull off this upset – and then I think like Chase Young, great rookie season. I know his mom texted him this year or telling him this year, oh, like, why aren't you leading the league in sacks? Like, what are you doing? Like chirping him for not leading the league. He has seven and a half sacks and four, four forced fumbles and a touchdown to this year as a rookie. He's going to be on this team for a very long time. They're going to build around um, him and Montez Sweat for sure. So I think it's going to be, I don't think it's going to be a necessarily close game with because of the fact that Tom Brady has so many weapons to go to. If he didn't have just a plethora of amazing talent on the offensive side of the ball, I think Washington would have a really good chance to win this game. But they have too many weapons that I think Tampa Bay is going to win this one. Yeah, I'm sticking with you on that prediction too. I think Tom Brady is going to turn back the clock. 
towards some Washington parts again, as usual, you know, likes doing that to those guys. So I'm sure Washington, I know he's going to put up a good fight because the front four in Washington is probably going to get to Tom Brady a couple of times this week on Saturday. But uh, yeah, like you said, the, um, the weapons that Tom Brady has at his disposal, just it's over. Too many. It's over. <laughs> exactly. So we'll be back. That does it for Saturday games. Uh, we'll be back at some point during the week for the Sunday slate. Um, Chicago, New Orleans. Uh, what's the other one? I can't think of the other one. It's a Tennessee, Tennessee, Tennessee Baltimore, Baltimore. And of course the one that cap it off the cherry on the cake, Pittsburgh Steelers yes, against sir. the Cleveland Browns, ladies and gentlemen, nothing get nothing gets better. Can't wait. Cleveland Can't Pittsburgh wait. in the playoffs. So, and we'll be back again this week to see the national championship preview game between the <laughs> Ohio state Buckeyes and the Alabama Crimson Tide. So until then it's Jacob and Cole.